grateful for um, the privilege of being able to share because uh, I, I believe that what we're going to be looking at in the scripture is a building block of a new, of a new uh, assignment, uh, not an assignment, a new capacity that's been in the word that God is activating. And it builds off things that we've learned already, but it really empowers us. And so I'm excited about, I'm very excited about this. Um, and I, I want to say, you know, last week I preached that rather odd message about the covenant of salt. And throughout the week, God was just telling me, I released that now because of what's going on in the earth and the, the heightened capacity of authority that God wants to give us in the midst of nations and on the earth. And we can, you can have all kinds of difference uh, of authorities in the, in the spirit realm, and those are all wonderful. But God released to us something over this past week that is giving us uh, a measure of clout on behalf of him in the, na in the, in the natural. And so this, I believe, is a, a building block off of what we have been established in as intercessors and the whole interpretation arm of what that gift of interpretation has built here this is the next point of the spear and so we want to talk today about how you ask God asking your father and we're going to be looking at a, a Greek word that is used a lot in the New Testament, it's Iteo, and it, it, it means to inquire or to make requests. Now, I want to just do a little segue here for a moment and perhaps uh, tell you about a, a, another study we're going to do because, like, if you look in Strong's and you look at this word, it's going to say to you, compare another word that is the root of the Puthos spirit or the Pythian spirit which is the spirit of divination. And um, it's very odd that Strong's would say that. And I think that since I can tell you that Strong's has made that connection, uh, I can also talk a little bit about what I'd seen in some other lexicons. Um, you know, there's, there's such a similarity in words. And so often when we try to teach spiritual principles, uh, people get all confused because they say, I don't see how you got from here to there. And it just, it's just kind of frustrating to me because I'm thinking, yeah, I could ex we could explain this. But anyway, since Strong says it, that's pretty much the gold standard for so many of you. So uh, the, if you look at the root of the putho spirit or the pythia, you find this putho and it, it's how the meaning of that word is how we get the word for the spirit of divination and how this python, the snake, is described. And that word means to, to come alongside, to embrace, and to squeeze the essence out of a topic so that you can use that essence for your own device, be it good or bad. And that's used throughout the Greek world um, in usually a negative way. And perhaps, in, as the Lord leads, we'll do a study on that 
to talk about how the enemy and the spirit of divination is trying to use things in our society today. I'm not going to say we're going to do it on Wednesday because God's always leading in new ways, so I don't want to say something that we're not going to do. But that study is coming. So why is it compared to Iteo? Why would even the high and holy strong say it's compared there? Because in a purer way, in a more, um, in a more encompassing, productive, proactive way, Iteo does a similar thing where it's not just asking about something, it's asking about something from a concerted foundation. It's asking about something from a, a point of authority or a point of right and privilege. It's uh, to ask in Iteo is not just like asking willy-nilly. It's, it's, it's from a knowledgeable, from, an, from a, a positioned place. And so... Whenever you see this word, and it's used a lot of times in the scripture, we're going to be focusing upon this word, asking the Father for things, and we're going to look at the prerequisites in these scriptures of what empowers our ability to ask. You don't, and what we're going to see is, it's not just asking God just whatever we want. It's not just asking God from a position of, of inactivity. It's not asking God from a place where we really not developed a relationship with him. This asking word is you positioning yourself, being embraced by your position, and really gaining a, a mutual responsibility. You know, puthos is more of a one-sided thing. Iteo is more of an all-encompassing thing where you are embraced, but you also embrace. And that's what this word is. So, if we want to ask God for things, which we do, and we want to stand in right relationship with Him in, in coming before Him to present a need, we, we need to see what the Bible says is a prerequisite to do that in confidence. So let's just look at some of these. The first is Matthew 6, 8. Be you not therefore like the Pharisees. And he's just talked about Pharisaic prayer, how ridiculous it really is, how pageantry and really with no power. For your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask, before you iteo. Every ask here is iteo. Need is a familiar word. It comes from care, which is the hand, and it's kreomai. So the first thing that I see here is that you are not just a religious person who's functioning in a religious way. Uh, you are somebody that is partnering with the hand of God. You are somebody that is actually has your life invested on behalf of what he wants to do because, of course, the hand is, is such a, powerful depiction of our partnership with God. And when you're in that place, the Heavenly Father is well aware of that. He knows where you are. He knows what you're doing because he's the one that is partnering with you there. So as opposed to the Pharisees, 
you are a partner with God. You are hand in hand with him for the father knows your needs so that when you iteo, you're going to gain what it is that you need. That's an important thing. Look at the next one. First John chapter three, verse 22. Whatever we iteo, we receive because I underlined it there for you. We keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Two things. We keep his commandments. We, we entole. We have heard what he says, and we're doing our very utmost best to, to uh, reflect that, to, to bring that communication from what he said into a reality wherever we are. And... We are doing things that are pleasing in his sight. And opion is his sight. His sight is his ways. His sight is the eyes of the spirit. And this word pleasing is arestos, and it means it has more to do with the excitement of seeing somebody doing a thing committed to what you want to have done. It's, it's an invigoration. So... John, the lover of God, says that whatever we ask, we're going to receive because you are working for him and you are sowing yourself into his ways. This is very clear. Because is a big word. It's a pivoting word there. And so your asking and receiving is built upon that. Do you see this? I'm not, I'm not twisting any scriptures. It's just right here. Look at the next one. Again, two chapters later, 1 John 5, verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. This is a, um, a noun form of, of uh, iteo. Petitions here is the thing that we have been mutually entwined with God to accomplish. So we're not just asking for our opinion of a moment. This is kind of like the same thing of supplication, where we're so entwined with God and partnering with Him that we're well aware of what needs to happen next. And um, we, are, we are moving in His will, and from this standpoint, we ask and we receive because of that. I think that's great. Matthew 18, verse 19, Jesus said that if two of you shall agree, symphoneo, on earth as touching anything that they shall ateo, it will be done. It will cause to become for them of my Father which is in heaven. And that passage there speaks about... Um, uh, a number of other wonderful ways that we come together in serving God, you know, being in his presence, he's there in the midst. But the symphoneo is that we're all working on this together, and there's, a, there's a, an added blessing when we say, hey, we've been praying, we sense prophetically this is what God wants to do, so he's saying, ask me, and we come together in agreement, in a symphonia. We're all asking. And, and that's a wonderful, wonderful promise. In his name, John 14, verse 12. 
a double issuance of verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works, there's that Maison influence, than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Because he went to the Father. I'm going to talk about a couple more verses regarding that here in a minute. John 15, 16. You have not eklegoed me, but I have you, and ordained you, to themed you, that you should go and forth, go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. This is great because you recognize that God has ordained you. You're fulfilling that Lego role wherever he has called you to stand. You've been tethemed in wisdom. God has positioned you in this way. And when you're moving on that uh, perspective, the fruits of that labor are coming. And as God highlights something in that respect, and you ask because you're embroiled in it, you're in, you're in, you're, you're, you're totally surrounded by it and you're surrounding it. You ask from that perspective and he will give it. John 15, verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and stick them under their tires to get out of a, a rut in the slippery road and cast them into the fire if, if they're dry enough, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words, Rama in you, you shall ask what you will. My Rama words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Abiding, remember, meno doesn't mean just to feel warm and cuddly. It's that you have taken a stand. You have put the presence of mankind in the place that God has called you to be, and you're not running away. You are staying there. That also is a prerequisite for being able to ask and believe for the things that God has will, will, will do for you. This is a great one in John 16, verse 21. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And you now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man will take from you. And in that day, that day, you will ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall ask, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time comes when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I will speak plainly of the Father. At that day you will ask in my name, and I will say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, but the Father himself loves you, because you've loved me and believed that I came out from God. I want to tell you, in that day is this day. And we are moving according to what God wants to do. Yes, we still walk with Jesus. Yes, we still 
honor him as God in, in that wonderful trinity that God has preserved. They are one, but yet each individual dimension of God is something we need to move with. So yes, Jesus is still guiding and directing. He's, he's the breaker at the head of the army. His rhema is something that we move in. But primarily, we're to function with the Father. Jesus is praying that we would do the will of the Father. And if we're in that position in this day, what we ask in conjunction with that authority, he will give it. So there are conditions upon this iteo. And the conditions are upon us and upon our willingness to partner with God. It's not just because you find a scripture and you shout it real loud and you plaster it all over your house and you tell everybody, you know, I'm believing this word. The word has power and God honors it. But the essence of the word, what Jesus is saying over and over again, is that we must be aligned with the Father. We must be serving him. We must be in our place. We must allow ourselves to be so ensconced with his presence to where we understand to the greatest of our ability what we're doing and what we're supposed to be doing. We not, may not understand what all God is doing, but we know what he's called us to do, and we're committed to that. And he surrounds us in that way. And from that strength, as opposed to the enemy uh, in the puthos, from that strength, what we ask will happen. It's interesting. Just very interesting. Look at James 4, verses 1 through 3. Why do wars and fightings come among you? Do they not come because of lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You are not in that position of partnering with God the way you should be. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. And amiss there is our old friend Kakos. That you may consume it upon your lust. I know that in my life, many years ago, I asked a lot of Kakos prayers. <laughs> I, I know that I ask according to things that my fears, my desires, my whatever, and we all have emotional quirks, and that is what fuels a good portion of Christians' prayers. A lot of people pray out of fear. A lot of people pray out of out of some measure, almost like a white witchcraft, and I don't mean to say it badly, but James says, as, as a pastor of that Jerusalem church, he says, there's a lot of people asking according to the kakos instead of kalos. And that's how wars and rumors rose among you, and you're just miserable, and what you need to do is learn how to ask properly based upon you committing who you are and your life and your, your essence to God. And I think over the years, you know, you can talk about deliverance all you want, but ain't nobody going to be able to deliver you from a mindset that you're unwilling to budge off of. And our own mindsets serve more uh, of, as more of an obstacle to the things of God than any demon in hell. Mindsets that are improperly formed today have, 
have come against this nation in ways unlike any other time in our history. And it's, I believe it's even more complex than the time that Abram Lincoln said a house divided itself against, against itself cannot stand because there are so many types of nuances of this, of this wickedness that's trying to pervade our country. And basically it's all cacos. It's all of this earth. It's refuse. It's, 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 it has very little to do with God. And um, I, I think that... Thank you, Father. Always like that. Does something in my breastplate. Thank you, Father. Isn't that great, Allie? Isn't that thunder cool? Amen. So, we don't want to ask amiss. We don't want to ask amiss. We want to be in alignment with our Father. And hey, we're on page three. Isn't that great? Now, here we go. Uh, Matthew 21, 21 and 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do shall not only do this which was done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatever you ask, I tell, in prosuke, believing you shall receive. Whatever you ask in prosuke, this is Jesus saying it. And what is prosuke? You should know this by now. You could get up here and teach it yourself. It's that part of New Testament prayer and supplication where we are partnering with God. He gives us an insight as to what we should be declaring and believing for, and we proclaim that and we ask that. That's what prosuke is, that hearing and believe, and hearing and discerning and, and declaring and asking. So if you're going to, if you're going to ask, I tell you, it has to be in the same spirit as prosuke, because this is what Jesus said. We're going to see that more in a minute. And you don't want to doubt. Diacrino, doubt not. Because doubting, according to what James says next in James 1, patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him iteo of God who gives to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it will be given to him. But ask in faith, don't waver, for he that diacrinos is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. If you are continually bickering with God and doubting what he's called you to be, doubting what he's called you to do, and you're always questioning this and questioning that, nobody wants that. Have you ever dealt with anybody like that? You're trying to you're trying to do a work with them, and all they do is just, why are we doing that? What are you doing this for? I don't like this. You've got an easier job than me. I don't know. Diacrino is that. It's what we're supposed to do with prophecy, where we judge prophecy. We lay everything out, and we recognize what's being said. When you're moving forth in God, you don't need to keep laying everything out that he has told you and bickering about it because you're going to be, you're going to be just tossed. And so the reason these two passages speak about asking 
uh, and, and warning against Diacrino is that if you really are embraced by the partnership with God and you're embracing it with everything you are, there's no place for Diacrino except for discerning words that are coming in or words that are going out. Do you see that? But if you're doing a Diacrino inside yourself all the time, you're going to be a mess. You're going to be unstable. And as James said, don't let anybody expect to receive anything from God if you're in that way. And I think that's one of the most devilish devices that has been launched against the saints over the past couple of years. There have been those, and I'm not mentioning names, it's just, I'm not mentioning names if I say somebody went outside and got wet. You're picking on that person that got wet. No, I'm just saying stay out of the rain. You know, if you, if you start going back through and you start saying, well, I got a question. Did God really mean this when he said this to me? Or that, that, that thing when God changed me, I knew that it meant this for years and God built everything on it. But now I don't know. I think God's changing his mind. That is a wicked, wicked thing. And it's destructive. And once you start going down that path, your iteo begins to unravel, which means that your partnership with God is really vacillating and you can't expect to receive anything from God. Now, the last passage we're going to look at is something that Les just referenced. In Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, we're going to read the whole thing and we're going to look at ask and then we're going to be done, okay? It came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, prosukamai, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to prosukamai. Because John took his disciples and taught them how he did what he did. We see you in prosuke prayer. We want to know what this is. We want to know how you do this. How, how are you in partnership with God to the degree that you emerge knowing what his will is and that you then declare what he says? Show us how to do that. And to that, Jesus says, when you pray, say, Our Father which is in heaven. I'm going to introduce you to the one you need to be entwined with. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, as in earth is it so in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then right there, he goes into this. And he said, which of you have, shall have a friend and will go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves? How do you lend somebody three loaves? Ava, lend me three tacos. Those tacos aren't coming back to you. <laughs> at least you hope not. <laughs> I know it's a business of repaying, but it's just funny to me. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And I say to you, ask, I tell, and it shall be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall open to you. For everyone that asks, this is this is a this whole this is a field of Iteos. Everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it'll be opened. 
I'm going to talk about that, and then we'll pick up again at verse 11. Ask, seek, and knock. From the perspective of being, being somebody that is not going to give up, we just talked about, teach us to prosuke. Go before and the Father and say, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then you are, you are really going to learn how to be indomitable, how to have importunity as it is, because you're convinced of what you're to be doing. And you're going to get what it is that you ask because of importunity. You're not going to be denied. You have need. You're not going to be denied. And, and you know, sometimes circumstances are there and they don't want to budge. But because you have importunity in, an, in a partnership with the Father, it's going to happen. And, but it's based upon what you are in the Father. So everybody that asks is going to receive. Seek then, zeteo, this is to be zealous. You're going to, you're, you are, you are going to uh, find. And you knock and the door is opening. It's a threefold. We could teach on this a little bit more, but you can figure it out yourself. The promise, see the fulfillment. Our promise in this respect is, is uh, I tell and then when we declare something before God and we ask him in that respect, we've got to be zealous in the sailor that it's going to come. And then God will say to us at some point, okay, knock, and it'll be open. Now, this whole business of knocking is, is, is something, you know, because if, if, if you're knocking, it presupposes the fact that you've actually got a directive to go somewhere and you've made your way to that door wherever it is and you are knocking on the door you don't knock from a distance you have positioned yourself to at the door that you want to gain entrance to but that's based upon first of all you being in this partnership with God where you are itaoing and then you are zealously pursuing through the sila and then God will say at a certain point, okay, it's here, you, you, but you've got to go and you've got to receive it. You've got to go and knock. Now look at this last, I said, verse 11. If a son asks bread, ask. Again, Iteo is everywhere in this. Uh, ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts, agathos gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give or dispense the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I tell you, what's Jesus saying here? Well, I can't help but to equate this bread for stone with the temptation of the wilderness because that's the first thing Satan tried to do. And if you... If a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, the father is not going to relegate you to a stone existence. You're not going to be out there helpless. You're not going to be out there at the whims of the enemy. Now, God the father, if you are asking from an Iteo position, is going to give you. He just said, because of your importunity, you're going to, this dude's going to rise and give you as many loaves of bread as you want. So it's important for you to recognize that 
we're not in a negotiation phase with the enemy. We're partnering with our Father, and it's going to be the way He wants. Hallelujah. What about ask a fish, and He'll give for a fish a serpent? Going back to the temptation uh, in the wilderness, remember the second one was that the enemy took Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple, and He said, um, you know, throw yourself off of here, and, it, you know, your angels will keep you, and, you know, um, Jesus said, don't tempt the Lord your God, essentially. We're, we're moving in the fish uh, of, of what God has, is directing us to do. Fishers of men, yes, for us, fishers of men and women in the nations, from the perspective of the temple in heaven, we're asking for that. Why? Just because we like to travel all the time? No. Listen, there ain't a lot of money in that. I can tell you that right now. So it's not that I'm building up a Buffett-like fortune, or any of us are. Um, it's because that's our mission. And we want, we want to gain the fish of the bathos of God, throw their net over on the other side and pull up those 150-plus fish. We, we want the mysteries of God, the bathos. We want to reach out into those that are, that are ready to be caught for the kingdom. And we don't need to take shortcuts or to be presumptuous and partner with the enemy in any way. We're going to gain the fish, and we don't need to do anything in subterfuge or in some kind of trickery. We, we're not going to move as a serpent. The last one is, uh, if you ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And remember, the last one in the temptation was about proscuneo and the deposits of the glory, which are, are you know, in, in heaven, you, you see the, the epics of God uh, for what he wants to do in a place, and they're preserved in what seems to be a circular, a circular um, egg-like thing. It's not an egg, but it's, it's an encompassing thing, a possibility. And we're believing that God, we're asking God to touch this world and to unlock the gates of, of his presence. And as we do that, no matter what kind of opposition is there, it's not going to matter because we're partnering with God. And I'm, I'm so grateful for this. But all through this passage, it's iteo, 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 it's everywhere. And we have to remember that this is the divine word that entails us being totally encapsulated by the presence of God and by his identity and what he wants to do. And in turn, we have embraced that. It's a mutual embracing. And we, we're not going to let it go. We're not going to sell it cheap. We're not going to have one arm around it reaching for other things. We are embraced, and God is embracing us. And, and in that type of understanding and relationship, we release the ask. And whether it is you were created for this, it's just what these passages says. You've been tethemied for this. You are representing the Father. Uh, you, are, um, you are doing what I say from the throne. You are taking your stand. You're in agreement with one another. You are exciting the very spirit of God because you're partnering with his ways. You are, um, you are partnering with his hand. 
all of those things are, are very integral and intimate words for us. God has shown us the meaning of, of each of these. And, and this is the crux upon which Iteo is offered. Do you see this? And it really is the pure dimension of what the enemy tries to do through the spirit of divination and puthos. You see, you, we had the privilege of going to Delphi in Greece to where the, the, the puthos spirit really had its most momentous identity in the ancient world. And everything about that was coercion and demonic manipulation. You know, they had these virgin girls with, with, with seers giftings who were, who were subjected to drugs and their demons would come and speak through them and then kings would come and sow into that and take those words and apply them. That's puthos. It's, it's wickedness. But we don't have to function in that. We dare not function in that. We function in partnership with our Father. And Jesus has made that real for us. And so we can iteo with our Father, but as we're partnering with Jesus, at the, as he's leading the head of this army, we partner with his rhema and iteo. I think that's terrific. But it's about relationship with the Father. And that's how you ask your Father. This is concurrent throughout the word. It is everywhere. And so you need to know that God has put this before us right now on the heels of him teaching us about grace and supplication and prosuke. And now he's saying, look, look what he did last week. I'm giving you a covenant of salt. You are going to be a representative of my kingdom on this earth in a way you've not been. It's ancient, but yet I'm invoking that now. Now I'm showing you that what you ask on the basis of all these things that you've labored to come into alignment with me in, whatever you ask in that response, I'm going to do it. That's power. Not power just to show everybody how great you are, to build a crowd. God's purged that out of us. But power to represent the Father and to know that what we say on behalf of that partnership is going to be. And the last one, I didn't put this on the sheet. There's some other ones I could say there. When Lazarus died, and he comes, and, and um, Martha comes, and she says, you know, Lord, if you'd just been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And um, she said, I know that whatever you ask, it's going to be. And she uses Iteo. They learned that he moved in this power. They learned that this is how he functioned. And the world's going to learn that this is the way the saints move. It's time. It, it's time. God has been so strategically positioning us and moving us into trigger points. Of, of his power. This is a big one. And it's, it's, it's coming right alongside of all the things over the past few years that God has been showing us about prosuke and, and how to move in that grace partnership 
Iteo is based on that. And it's how God moves. So I release this to you. And I encourage you to, to study over these passages. You know, we, I could have, we could have taken this outline and taught seven or eight s- sermons out of it easily. But as is so often the case, the Father's just putting His case forward and it's, it's a release into the spirit realm. And so I bless you with it and I ask that God will continue to lead you in this. And I, I thank you, Father, on this Father's Day for highlighting this for us. You know, prophetically we heard earlier that you were speaking about how you hear us and now you're showing what kind of words we need to be saying to you as you hear. And I thank you for that, Father. And Lord, I speak blessing over the, the church here. And on this Father's Day, I ask that you especially bless those who have labored and sacrificed to make this place, uh, to ensure that this place remains a temple seeking the heart of the Father. I thank you for this, Father. Keep us pure in that regard. And I, I, I just ask that you will bless the Father's church for allowing this to happen. I ask that if any, any person needs healing, that you would release your healing touch to them now. Any measure of provision, let provision overflow them. And for our precious family and the Saints Network and the churches that we're privileged to stand beside and those prayer groups and those individuals, we release a blessing of our Father upon you today. And in every way, may you be more than aware of His presence. May you be filled with the knowledge of Him. And may you be just absolutely saturated with His blessing. Teach us how to walk in this thing that you've shown us today. And let it be for your glory. Now bless the rest of this day, we pray. And we thank you for being our Father. And we, we thank Jesus for allowing this to be through his sacrifice. And we ask all of these things in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. And may you have a wonderful week. Until uh, next time, goodbye.